Hey, this is Ryan Tucker, and welcome to the weekly podcast, The Unchangeable Truth. We just sit down with Pastor Stephen as he discusses his sermons from Highland Park Baptist Church, and we are honored and thankful that you've decided to listen. And we ask you to go ahead and, and click that subscribe button, click that like or the follow button. And then again, we are honored and thankful that you've decided to listen. So keep listening as Pastor Stephen discusses his weekly sermon. Hey, it's Ryan, and welcome back to the podcast room, the podcast booth, our new podcast booth we got some new changes we even got cameras in the room but we'll talk about that later but we are with pastor steven how are you my friend you doing okay hey doing great doing great it's been a good good day uh you know i think we got a uh, little afternoon or mid-morning shower as we do every day here in yep. the uh, beautiful most beautiful world's most beautiful beaches <laughs> i just want to take the top off my jeep and the doors off and enjoy the summer but we can't because of the rain it's yeah. stupid there you go that's what you get for buying a jeep hey, that's all i know that's all right first world out. problems that's true that's true so we are in romans chapter 13 verses 1 through 7 and this week the title is simple pray pay and obey um so your first point was to pray for and obey the government. Pray for and obey the government. And you talk about two different reasons why. We talk about the spiritual reason and the external reason. Actually, so, three. You're right. Yeah. Internal, too. Yeah, It's down there in my notes. I see it. Um, so, yeah. Like, why, why in the world should we pray for and obey government? Yeah, because the Bible tells us to. <laughs> That that'd be a first good one. Yeah. Number yeah. two, it's the right thing to do. Um, and um, I even make the statement: Hey, how can you claim to be a Christian unless you're a good citizen? That's basically what it is saying right here. Um, and uh, when you look at the argument that the scripture makes makes here, when he is basically saying, "Hey, understand who sets up governments? Yeah, it's God." So, so it's it's almost like it's almost like you're you know as a Christian you're also to be a a, a good employee. Well, I don't want to be a good employee. I got a terrible boss. Why right. should I be a good employee? So let me, let me just ask this question in the middle of I, I interrupt you. I'm sorry, but like why why is it so difficult for believers to understand this concept? Sure, yeah, yeah I mean we've got this thing on called flesh. Right. And uh, all the uh, intricacies that come with flesh and and pride. And, you know, we want to sit there and focus, well, I deserve, I deserve, I deserve. And it's, uh, it's not even a societal thing. It is a mankind thing. Go back and look at the garden. You know, hey, you deserve to be a god. That's right. He just doesn't want you to eat the tree because you deserve, you should do that. And so it, it's appealing to the flesh. And so the struggle that we have is, uh, hey, I'll... Uh, Hey, if, if, if I'm in a good country, if I have good leaders, then yeah, absolutely. I'll support them. I'll pray for them. I will, I will be obedient to them. Um, that's like saying I will treat people good who treat me good, but I'm going to treat people bad who treat me bad. And scripture's like, what is that? What gain is that to you? I mean, how, how does that help anything? Even the pagan people do it that way. Yeah. And so kind of going back to, uh, the whole government thing, um, and being a good employee, well, I mean, why should we be good employees as Christians? Why should we work hard? Because we don't approach it as I'm doing it for a company or for right. a boss. Right. I'm doing it for Jesus. Right. And the same way, God's sitting here and God's saying, "Are you serious? Don't you think? Don't you think I've got enough power about me? If 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 I wanted somebody not to be in government, they wouldn't be in government. Right. They wouldn't be in a right. position there." Right. Um, and, uh, so he's basically saying, I want you to respond in a way that is, uh, that is right in a way that shows honor and shows respect and obedience. Um, because I want you to approach it like you're doing it for me because I, again, I'm the one, the only, the only way that somebody has any authority that they have, it has come directly from my hands. So it's spiritual in nature, right? What, what do you mean by spiritual? <laughs> I'm I'm doing it because God tells me to. Right. I want to be pleasing to Him. I want to be obedient unto Him. Well, and 
you use Daniel as an example, and that's one of the things that I love about Scripture is the fact that it tells us and it shows us and it gives examples of how to do this. And we look at Daniel, and he did that with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And like even in the middle of a wicked culture and being around wicked leaders, you know, Daniel stayed faithful um, just with his service and his commitment to his land, to Jesus, to all this. Like he, he stayed faithful. Well, he did, but he he committed civil disobedience. He did. Uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego committed civil disobedience. So where do we draw that line? Sure. Like where, like, because on one hand, like he's being obedient to God the Father, but yet there is this idea of civil disobedience. Well, in in the case of Daniel, hey, he was second in command and, uh, you know, doing exactly what, uh, the the emperor told him to do and was serving him, and then all of a sudden, uh, the decree came out. All right, yeah. listen, for a month you're not going to pray to anybody unless you pray to the emperor, and that's right. when Daniel's like, "Oh, I can't do that because there's only one that I pray to, and that's Jehovah God." Yeah. And yeah. Uh, what I love about the fact is Daniel didn't sit there and say, "Okay, man, I'm drawing attention to this. I'm going to make a big show about right. this. Right. You know, I'm going to set off a Roman candle and." Uh, he didn't. He didn't put it on Instagram or Facebook. <laughs> None of those things. All he did is simply do what he did every single day. Right. right. <coughs> That's a sneeze, by the way. <laughs> no worries for our listeners. Our our studio has been uh, has been uh, sanitized, and um, we uh, we did do our test before came we came out of in nowhere, here today. Man. Well, it just randomly hit me. Yeah. Um, I'm. I think the mic tickled my mustache. <laughs> the uh, I would say I would say where where do we cross the line? We cross the or you know where is the line yeah. drawn? Anytime anytime the government says okay, it tells us to do something that goes absolutely against what God's word says. I think that's I think that happens. Yeah, very minimally about the things that we complain about. Mm. For mm. instance, we sit yeah. there. You know, there have been times I'm like fifty five. That's dumb. Why is the speed limit 55 on this road? Are yeah. you kidding me? In order to go with the flow of traffic, it ought to be at least 70. And then you'll go into states to where it is the speed, the state speed limit 70. Like you cross the line. What is Alabama? Is Alabama 70? Or no. I definitely know it's Mississippi. Mississippi 70. But you, you sit there and you roll into one of those states and you're like, yes. It almost feels like the lanes are like two or three feet bigger, too. Yeah, but what do you do? What do you do in the speed when, well, it, when it kicks up to. Well, 70? you go at least nine over. <laughs> right. I'll go nine over. I'll set my cruise control at nine, at nine over. I do the, that. The, the, uh, um, but, yeah, some of the things that we complain and gripe about, I mean, we're complaining and griping about them, and they're, they're not contrary to what God says. Right. I mean, it's kind of like the point that he makes here. Hey, God's placed these people in, 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 in power because he wants the wicked to be punished. Yeah. You know, he's setting up rules and laws and all those kinds of things because he wants uh, us as a society to have peace. And um, and so, so many of the things that we want to sit there and we really want to focus on, especially as Americans, are our, are our own personal rights, and mm. our personal rights. And, hey, please hear me, man. There, there, <laughs> there's nobody any more American than I am American. I mean, Fourth of July, buddy, I'm, I've got my red, white and blue Go, Go America shirt on and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing hot dogs and hamburgers and. I'm 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 America through and through. I've traveled all around the world, and there's nothing like when you land there in the United States, and you're just like, okay. I and mean, one time, even at Houston Hobby, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I'm kissing the floor, and I'm like, I'll never do that again. And uh, the just the appreciation of America, but you know, I I have to be reminded that as important of a document that the Constitution is, the Constitution is not the Bible. Yeah. It is, it is, I mean, yes, men wrote it and, right. you know, some would say, yes, we were inspired by God to do this, but it is not the inerrant word of God. Yeah. Um, a lot of good things in it. A lot of great things in it that we're thankful for. Yeah. But when do we cross that line in civil disobedience when something is, you know, when we're told by government authorities to do something that would be contrary to the word of God? The word of God, not the word of, you know, Benjamin Franklin. Yeah. Not the word of Thomas Jefferson. Not, not the word of God. Yeah. So the first 
point or the first reason is a spiritual reason. Then you then you kind of talked about the second reason being an external reason, um, and and you kind of mentioned consequences there, and uh, you talked a lot, and we'll get into this in a second because I have a question about capital punishment. But um, so what do you what do you mean by external the external reason of praying for and obeying the government? Well, yeah, what's the external reason? Uh, if I do 90 miles an hour and I happen to come upon a cop, guess what? I'm getting pulled over. I'm getting a ticket. I'm going to have to pay a fine, and if I get enough of those, my insurance is going to go up, and my insurance may even drop me. Yeah. May even drop me. I had two car accidents when I was in college. Um, one was my fault. One was not my fault. Uh, but uh, I was still on my parents' insurance, and guess what? They dropped me from my parents' policy. <laughs> they said, you got to pay your own. Yeah. And uh, so what was the reality? Well, I was in two car accidents and, you know, and believe it or not, yeah. insurance is a money-making uh, organization. Sure, They take a lot of my money right now. So I have a question. What do you think consequences play a part in the decisions that people make? Um, and, and I guess that's twofold for me. One, because yes, I think consequences do play a part in the decisions that we make. But also, on the same breath, there's a lot of people that are making decisions that probably don't even think about the consequences. So, in this whole idea of looking at Romans chapter 7, I'm sorry, Romans chapter 13, talking about obeying the government and obeying what the Bible praying says. Praying for and obeying the government. Praying yeah. for and obeying the government. Do you think consequences play a decision, a part in decisions that people make? Well, first of all, let's talk about let's talk about Christ followers. Okay. Uh, do consequences pay, play a part in decisions made by Christ followers? Sure they do. Sure they do. Again, uh, what if, well, if you put any speed limit on the road you want. Well, I'll tell you what, we just made the example here. Well, everybody knows they don't give you a ticket unless you're going over 10 miles right, an hour right, over the speed right, limit. Right. And so we're all like, sweet, man, I'll go up to nine. And uh, we're still breaking the law. Right. We're breaking the law. Right. But we're like, well, I mean, what are the consequences? They're going to be none until yeah. until you roll through Linhaven. You better not go a, a stinking one I, mile an hour I the speed limit in Linhaven. I think Haven. we've been pulled over by the same guy in the same truck. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, the uh, well, he the guy who pulled me over. I, no, he didn't pull. I've never been pulled over by that guy. Oh, no, I've only been pulled over one time, and that guy actually works now. Yeah, me here neither. I've at never the been church, so he. Uh, um, he yeah, I didn't. Anyway, <laughs> the consequences. Sure, sure. The consequences uh, they they affect believers, but the point that he's trying to make here is. Let us so live in such a way that we want to bring honor and glory to God and be obedient to what Jesus has told us. Again, realizing he's the one that set up the government. So, so if you sit there and say, I have a hard time following the government because of who's, who, uh, who is in position and because I didn't vote for them and I don't care for them. Well, okay, we don't do it for them. Do it because yeah. Jesus said, ultimately, yeah. it's me. Yeah. Ultimately, it's me. Okay, well, all right, well, I, I can... I can obey the rules for Jesus. I mean, yeah, I mean, if you can't obey the rules for Jesus, then you would have to sit there and question, do I even know him? Because Jesus said, hey, you, I'll tell you how you know if you love me or not. Do you obey my commandments? So as a Christian, yes, consequences affect decisions that I make, but I want to be in so so in tune with, with Christ, so in tune with the Holy Spirit of God that my motivation does not have to be uh, affected by consequences because I'm wanting to do what's right. It's not it's not out of fear if I do wrong, there'll be consequences as much as it is, hey, because Jesus saved me and I belong to him, this, this is the right thing to do, the right thing to do. So, uh, and, and also it, 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 it kind of gives you peace in your yeah. own life because here's the deal. If I'm not speeding and all of a sudden I come up on that unmarked police car or the barely marked police truck that's hiding behind the little seafood hut there, then I don't have to, oh my goodness, oh my, I can't tell you the number of times, probably like you guys, I've been going over the speed limit and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, boom, there they are. And here's what I'll say to my wife. Well, he got me. He got me. And, uh, and, and, you know, thankfully he didn't. He was looking for a bigger fish. I said that it was true. Well, you never know. Well, here's the deal. If you weren't speeding, you probably wouldn't. You wouldn't have worried about it. True. You wouldn't. You wouldn't even have said, "Oh, he's got me," or "Oh my, oh, are you serious?" Yeah. Or, yeah. So, now the consequences. 
do they affect decisions made by non-believers? Yes. Yeah. The same way it does Christians. I would say as a Christ follower, though, our motivation should be different. For the non-believer, uh, their motivation is not going to be to please Christ, because if their motivation was to please Christ, they would know Christ. Mm. They would be saved. Yeah. It is impossible, apart from a relationship with Christ, to please Christ. Mm. So, um, and then along the third line, kind of what you were talking about, there's some folks, and that's the reason why we say, and I even brought this up in the message, it's the reason why we say, hey, uh, we're not talking about your conscience being your guide, because there are folks that did. And by the way, it's amazing to me the people that attribute things to the Bible that are not in the Bible. Right. We've talked about this in here before. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, like the good book says, yeah. let your conscience be your guide. Doesn't say that. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, like the good book says, yeah. uh, God won't put more on you than you can bear. Really? Because yeah. that's not what it says. Oh, when like, a, like when the good, a door closes, a window will open. Yeah, well, I've heard it this way. When God closes one door, he'll open another. Well, yeah, yeah can, I, can I tell you, that's not in the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cleanliness is next to godliness. <laughs> right. Really? Because where does it say that? Yeah, chapter and verse. Um, so let your conscience be your guide. Well, if your conscience is being guided by the Holy Spirit, then you could say, you could make that statement. Yeah, absolutely. But there are a lot of people, the Bible says that they, they become so hardened in their hearts. And here's what that means. They've said no to the Holy Spirit, no to the Holy Spirit, no to the Holy Spirit. And they've lived a life of rebellion and a life of sin that it no longer even affects mm, them, yeah. um, possibly having to deal with consequences. Yeah. And the conscience, their conscience is seared, right? right? So their conscience is not sitting there, hey, amen, that's wrong. Their conscience may be saying, hey, man, don't get caught. Yeah. But then they get to the point where some are like, I don't care if I get caught. I'm going to yeah. do whatever and what I want to do. Mm. So, so three, three-part answer to that question. It is. And you, and you hit your internal reason there. Um, thank you for doing that. I, I want to go back to um, – we have a question on, on capital punishment. Because you mentioned that in the whole idea of this consequences and – Maybe not fully agreeing with what government does, but yet we got to be obedient to all these different things. Um, what does the Bible say about capital punishment? Wouldn't it be great if we had definitive chapter and verse and it said <laughs> right. God disapproves of capital punishment right. or God approves of capital punishment? Now, if you've if our listeners have have listened to the message in which you know if you've not, I would encourage you. It's yeah. it's going to be right. What is it right before this? I guess um, you can listen to the message from Sunday morning, and and I would encourage you to go ahead and do that because it's going to help help this discussion time make a lot more sense. You don't have to. I mean, we're not saying all right, fine. You didn't listen to the sermon. You didn't check that off. You're out of here. <laughs> no, I mean we're glad that you're listening. But it, it is right. going to benefit you because that's kind of what we're building off of. And some right. of the things may even be like, oh, yeah, I heard that in the sermon. Um, but the uh, it was drawn out in the sermon when it comes to, uh, to capital punishment. So many people make the argument, well, the reason why God is not for capital punishment is because of the Sixth Commandment, where it says, thou shalt not kill. Right. Unfortunately, that I mean, that is an unfortunate translation. It really is. You go back to the original Hebrew, and, it, and, it, and it's not kill. Right. You shall not murder. Correct. Personal mm-hmm. murder means taking the life of another um, without any, uh, I mean, we're not talking about self-defense. We're not talking about, uh, well, the government, I'm fighting for the government in war. Right. We're not talking about, hey, here's somebody, and they went out and murdered a bunch of folks, and so now they're going to receive their punishment, which is uh, the gas chamber or the electric chair or lethal injection, whatever whatever it is. And I, I don't even, I'm not even sure how many states today. I guess we could look that up, how many states still practice the death penalty um, or uh, capital punishment. I know Florida does, even though I don't know how long it's been since we've we've done that. Um, the uh, seemed like for a long time, every other week, Texas was uh, lighting somebody up. The uh, there are twenty seven states. Okay, that currently, I don't have a list of those states, but according to the Google, the Google states. Yep. Yeah. Well, and back to what I was saying, the argument that is made about the sixth commandment. The Sixth Commandment does not say thou shalt not kill. It just says thou shalt not commit personal murder. You, you don't murder someone. Yeah. 
Um, and if you look kind of the argument that I made in Romans 13, four, for capital punishment for, you know, on the basis of your government sitting there and saying, Hey, listen, we deem that this person has, has, uh, you know, has, has, has broken the law to such extreme measures when it comes to taking other people's lives, that the right form of punishment and consequences are taking his life. I take it. I take that from Romans 13, 4. But if you do evil, be afraid. Yeah. And again, that goes back to that whole thing. If I'm not doing evil, I don't have anything to be afraid of. Correct. If you do evil, be afraid, for the government does not bear the sword. The sword. Yeah. Uh, he said the sword. And again, who's he writing to? He's writing to the Romans. And by the way, John, the very guy who's writing this, saying the sword, understanding that the Romans only used the sword to behead somebody, and that was their form of capital punishment, that's how he would die. Yeah. Paul would be beheaded. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I mean, if there's anybody anybody who's probably going to get this and understand this, it's the guy that uh, that, that is eventually going to take place in his life. But in case of the capital pun- in case of capital punishment, that is the government based upon the law of yeah. that land or, or in this instant the law of the state yeah okay they, they this is the this is the form of punishment um so i kind of have a sub question to that and, and you mentioned in the line of duty how would you as a pastor um talk to somebody or encourage somebody that maybe has had to take a life in the line of duty. I mean, we have a lot of military guys. We have a lot of police officers. Um, I know that I, I, I don't know because I've never had to experience it, but I can't imagine the mental turmoil. I can't imagine the stress that would go along with that, but yet they're doing something to protect us, our country, our cities. So how would you encourage somebody that may be struggling with maybe taking somebody's life in a line of duty. Well, you know, I'm going to go back to uh, verse, what is that, verse 4, where it says they're God's minister. Yeah. An avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Mm. Um, and so I would say that they are they're servants there. I mean, you know, I, I was around somebody um, not too long ago, and out of their mouth came the word pig. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking about uh, policemen, and um, I, I, I let them know very, very quickly that uh, I, um, <laughs> I don't take that. Uh, well, I don't think that was appropriate, right? Because I, again, if you look at the scripture here, the scripture talks about them being servants, yeah, um, being servants and uh, helping execute the rest. So, what would I say to somebody like that? I would just say this: you know, first of all, thank you for serving. Yeah, thank you for serving, but. That's not on you. If there's if there was any error mm. there, then it basically yeah. it goes back on those that were in leadership of that government. You are fulfilling, yeah. uh, really, the words of Christ here. Mm. And since we don't have a clear indication in Scripture that, uh, well, I mean, my goodness, you could read Scripture and over and over. I think the example that I use is here's David. David's fighting against Goliath, and it's the Philistines yeah. against the Isra- Israelites. Yeah. And, you know, he is heralded, man. He is. Yeah. He did a great thing for God. If you remember, he goes out there, and he's like, right. hey, listen, who are you to talk about the God of Israel like right. this? And, uh, you know, you come against me with, uh, um, you know, sword and spear and all that. I come against you in the name of the Lord yeah. God of hosts. Yeah. And, he, and he slays him. Uh, but then yet, when he has Uriah killed uh, because he wants Uriah's wife, because right. he's already slept with her and impregnated her, that was murder. Yeah. That was personal murder. Yeah. And so we see it played out in David's life uh, both ways. I would just say this, man, man um, the unfortunate thing is we live in a nasty, sinful, sinful world, and there's all kinds of evil that abound. And um, when you are sitting there and you are trying to uh, keep safe, uh, those who cannot protect themselves, you're, you're, you are you are the police officer, you're military, you're those, again, that are providing a safe environment for the weak, then, um, 
man, our, 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 our thanks goes to you. Our hearts go to you and don't let yeah. the devil come along yeah. and the devil bring this huge cloud of guilt over you saying, oh my goodness, I've taken another life. Well, understand those individuals made their own decision to put you in a position to execute judgment because of their own evil deeds. Yeah. Mm, well said. Um, so let's we let's move on to a maybe a lighter lighter topic. You know, hey, hey, well, hey, uh, and let, let me say this before we move on as well. It. It's just something that came to my mind. Uh, it's perfectly normal for you to sit there and say, "Man, I'm, mm, man, I hate that. Yeah, that hurts me that I had to do that." Yeah. The reality is, if you don't say that, yeah, then 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 we're talking about that whole conscience being yeah. seared. Yeah. If it doesn't bother you that you had to take someone else's life, yeah. even in the proper context, then and and I understand there's a lot of variables there. Like you know, there's so many things that happen, so many different layers probably on this. I was just I was just curious on on how you would do that because we have people maybe that are listening or people that are in our congregation that have have had to go through this because of their job. So. Yeah, I mean, if they're approaching it as, hey, man, let me tell you how many people I've killed. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, my goodness, man, no, there, there's there's a heart problem there. There's yeah. an attitude problem there. Yeah. Um, we should never look forward to that. It's not like the story. I heard this story, um, and this is extra. has nothing to do with the message. <laughs> heard this story. Uh, there was, and I'm, if, I'm, if I've said this before, you guys just act like it's brand new. The uh, journey's been around for a while. <laughs> journey, journey has, uh, and and I don't even know if our I, we're, we're videoing today. I don't know if they're getting pictures of our of Journey uh, dude or not. Uh, he's, um, a, he's out of the shot. He's man. out of it's the shot. It's just me and you, man. There I got go. my own camera. You got your own camera. It's weird. So the uh, um, there was a pastor uh, who was preaching at a church, and uh, um, and they fired him, and then they hired an, a, a, um, a new preacher, and they loved him. And so this guy was talking to a buddy of his who went to the church, and he's like, yeah, we fired this 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 preacher, and we've hired another guy, and we really, really love him. And the guy's like, well, what's, what's the difference? He goes, well, you know, the old guy, he preached that people were going to hell. And he's like, well, okay. Well, what's the new guy preach? He preached that people were going to hell. He goes, it's the same thing. What's the difference? He goes, well, the old guy preached that people were going to hell, and he was happy about it. The new guy preaches that people are going to hell, and he's broken over it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Point number two, um, pay what you owe. This so was we're a talking about one, taxes. Huh? Ooh, ooh. Yeah, I was uh, mm. when I my my youngest when he was I don't know seven or eight years old. We were asking him what he wanted to be when he grew up and all these different things. He's like, I don't know, Dad, but I don't want to pay taxes. I'm like, Well, bro, yeah. you're gonna have to pay taxes. I, I guess thought- it was coming around April time when you're paying your for us, you know, being self-employed, we pay quarterly, like you I, mentioned, you know. Yeah. But so April's that crazy month because you're paying the years left over from the year before, but and then you're then, also paying the first right. quarterly. That's so right. it's just a big, big month for. Well, and and checks. I thought you were going to say that he said he wanted to work for the IRS, and no. I was going to be like, I hope you spanked his bottom really <laughs> no, good. He, he said he didn't want to pay taxes. Hey, did you see where the IRS they just the they've hired eighty six thousand new IRS agents? Wow. Fill up a football stadium, Bryant Denny Stadium, eighty six thousand. My goodness, new IRS agents. Now, now for what? Now and and listen, I, well, I don't know, but you know, I, I'm thinking we we might need some new policemen and might need some various other things. But anyway, you know, there you go. Part of the government. Part of the government. I just the Lord, Lord, let let them be in charge. So there you go. Pay what you owe. Pay what you owe. And Pay you, what you owe. And so your your three points under that, you know, submit your finances, um, have a little fear. And I wanted to talk about that for a second because you kind of moved through that quickly. Then you talked about being faithful, having um, faithfulness in uh, paying what you owe. So I'll let you kind of work through that. Yeah. Uh, again, he goes back to verse six and he talks about the government being God's ministers, attending continually to this very thing. And... Um, Render therefore to all uh, to all that they're due taxes to whom taxes are due, customs to whom customs, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. So he's just basically sitting there and saying, yeah. "Hey, yeah, make sure that you are obedient in this. Pay the taxes." You know, 
uh, what was it? Some Pharisees that came to Christ one day, right? And they said, hey, 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 should we pay taxes? Thinking again that they're going to catch him in right. something that right. that uh, they could hold against him. And uh, Jesus said, give me the coin. He looks at it and, oh, well, you know, there you go. There's Whose image is on that? Caesar. Well, give to Caesar what's Caesar's. Give to God what's God's. What's God? Everything. Yeah. Everything's God's. What he is saying is the very fact, I mean, it's not, it's not an either or. It's not, okay, either I'm going to pay my taxes or either I'm going right. to give into God. Now, I do know, and I even brought this up Sunday, I do know that our, uh, our tax, uh, for some folks, the tax situation is set up in su- such a way that they've allowed themselves to say, well, okay, either I, do, either I pay my taxes and I pay my meal or pay my rent and pay right. for food or I give to God's work. I would just say this, you got to set your life up on 80%. And we'll talk a lot more about this coming this coming Sunday because he's going to move a little bit further down through there talking about not being in debt. The only debt that you should be in is love. Mm. Um, and it's going to be a really fun one. Uh, <laughs> who made up this? Or who just said, let's preach through <laughs> verse by verse Romans. The, um, But you should set your life up to where it's, it's the 10, 10, 80 principle. Right. My first 10 percent goes to God. First fruits right off the top. Don't have to think about it. Well, I mean, I think about it. But again, it's not it's not like, ooh, am I going to give? Am I not going to give as much as yes, I get to give. Yes. Thank you, God. You don't need my money, but you're you're allowing me to partner with you financially in what you're doing around the world. First 10 percent I give to God. Second 10 percent I'm going to set aside for savings. You know, whether we're whether we're talking about. You know, uh, retirement, whatever. I'm set aside, set aside, set aside, and then I'm going to live off eighty percent. And I'm telling you, man, God blesses that principle over and over and over. What happens is people live off one hundred and ten percent, and they're like, "Well, my goodness, I got to pay, I got to write a check to the IRS, and the right. only way I can do that is I'm not going to give God any money." And um, and so uh, you can't set your your life up that way. Uh, so pay what you owe. Yes, he doesn't. He, I've heard folks sit there and say, well, you know what? I'll start paying my taxes when the government starts doing what I want them to do. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Good luck. Yeah, yeah. And we'll, we'll come visit you on the <laughs> first Saturday of the month, right? When it's visitation <laughs> at the prison. So, so God's word yeah. doesn't give you an out. Okay, hey, pay taxes if you have a good Christian president right. and leadership. Right. doesn't say that. And again, let me remind our, le- uh, our listeners, Nero. Yeah. Is the guy in charge? Yeah. When Paul is writing Crazy. this, Nero, the one who dipped the Christians in tar, set them on fire so they would illuminate his gardens at night as he would ride around on his chariot naked, admiring the guard, the beauty of his garden as Christians burned. Nero, the one who would take young Christians. Yeah. And he would uh, put them in a leather sack full of serpents, full of snakes, shake it up, and then throw them off into the river. Mm. Nero, who uh, I think he killed every wife yeah. he ever had. Family. He died, And he died. I, I, we were talking today with our military minister, who yeah. undoubtedly has just been reading everything in the world. Good gravy. I didn't even know he was such a, uh, uh, you know, a he literary was, he was giant. Knowledgeable about yeah. Nero. Who knows? He could have been making it all up for, for all we know. But anyway, he's like Nero died at 30. Uh, I guess we could do the Google on that one to find that out. But anyway, Nero is was was he was so wicked. He was much more wicked than any government official we've ever known in our lifetime. Hands down. I mean, you sit there and talk about Hitler. At least. I mean, Hitler was, uh, he was loyal to the people who loved him and were around him. Nero, he'd kill anybody. Yeah. I think he even killed his sons. I mean, it's crazy. Wicked, wicked, wicked. Um, and he did it all dying at an early age. Did say there? 30. 30. There you go. Well, the Google. Our, our military minister, he must he, have, he, he read in the right place. He must have looked at the Google. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So I'm going to submit to. I'm going to submit to the government. I'm going to pay. I'm going to pay my taxes, right? I'm going to deliver them. But again, I understand my higher calling is to God, right? And, and I made a statement. This is absolutely true because I've heard folks sitting there, and it goes back and forth depending on who's usually in in control of the Senate or uh, you know Congress or or the White House or whatever but you know boy if you're really spiritual and you really really love America you'll give more you'll pay more taxes and you're like well well 
what idiot came up with that that statement? No, the Bible's not sitting here saying, well, you know what, give it all away. <laughs> no, it just says pay, pay the taxes that you owe. Let's just be honest. I know about, I mean, uh, being self-employed, I can't figure out. It's hard for me to keep track of what I do owe. I know. Because it's, it's changing all the time on what I, I owe, what I don't it's owe, weird. and all this stuff. So, um, but smarter people than me working on that for me. So, Well, and, and here's the point that he is making. If you sit there and say, I'm not going to pay my taxes, you can't sit there and come up with the excuse, well, I'm not paying my taxes because I'm a Christian and Jesus told me not to. Yeah. No, friend, that is not what yeah. he said at all. Um, you know, don't don't let that be a stumbling block that would hinder your testimony and the witness of the work of Christ. Uh, but again, there are some folks that are not robbing the government, but they are robbing God. Yeah. And so you talk a little bit about tithing. Um, so do you get anytime you talk about tithing from the pulpit, do you do you get people that kind of question you or or send you dirty emails saying you're always talking about money or question tithing does that happen never 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 and i'll be honest i I don't i can't tell you the last time i've gotten uh even an email good complaining about what i've preached uh producer's sending me one right now um (laughs) he's sending you some more nero facts the uh um that's good that says a lot about our congregation well a lot uh, about well and and the reality is and i did the study not long ago well, I don't know, it's several years ago when we were a smaller congregation. But I sit there and I looked up like the medium, the median income of a household in Bay County, Florida, where we are. And at that time, it was like maybe $32,000. And so then I, um, I, I didn't go through each one because, again, I don't want to know. I don't know what. I don't want to know what in every individual gives. Personally, right. I know some pastors do. I don't want to know that because I just don't want it to be like, oh, man, I'm going to whew, yeah. guess who's getting Christmas cards from me. Yeah. Uh, I don't want it to be that way. Our, produ- um, our producer. A producer. Um, <laughs> the, uh, so, so I just went to our financial uh, leader or financial uh, secretary officer and said, hey, tell me how many, how many family giving units do we have in the church? And so they told me, told me how many family giving units. And I said, okay, we're going to base this off of every family in our church only makes $32,000. Now, we have many families in our church that make more than $32,000. Right. Many. I would say the overwhelming majority make more than that. But so I figured it up. Off of fa- numbers of families in our church, if they tithed off of $32,000 a year, and we would have taken in a million more dollars that year than we had taken in. Wow. And so. It's not, I mean, you're not sitting here saying sacrifice, even though there are times that we should sacrifice. God speaks to our hearts and God says, hey, listen, I want you to give the offering. I want you to give over and above. But but we're just sitting here saying, my goodness, do you understand the resources that we would have to be able to do uh, the work of, of Jesus and take the gospel all over the world if people would just tithe? Yeah. Tithe. And there are folks who come along. We dealt with this not long ago in the podcast, you know, uh, tithing. That's an Old Testament principle. It's not in the New Testament, and they want to pull out Scripture. And I can make the argument as well. Yes, Jesus did not. I mean, he, he did he did talk about some things of the Old Testament that were not carried over, but it, it, tithing was not one of those. Yeah. Um, so. All right, so I'll, I'll close it out with this question. Just uh, and, and, and you've already answered it, but I'm going to ask it again. Did you do with the fear thing? Did you I, deal with the fear thing? Because we really didn't get into did that. Did we? I didn't think. I didn't. Th- you, oh, we got fear and faithfulness. I'm sorry. That's all right. Yeah. So pay what you owe, <laughs> submit to your finances, don't rob from God, and then you you talk about fear and faithfulness. So I did have a question about why why you presented fear the way that you did. You just kind of you kind of rolled through it. You were kind of getting close to the end of the time uh, and i and i understand that but why why fear in this what did you mean by that well yeah he talks he he, he talks about it there uh he says um uh fear to whom fear there in verse seven yeah fear to whom fear okay well who am i supposed to render fear to <laughs> well uh you know the scripture that tells us uh, the beginning of uh what the the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the lord right I mean, you look around people that are wise, and they're like, you know what, man? They're, uh, man, uh, I, 
I've got a healthy fear for the Lord. And and again, fear is not, oh my goodness, I'm I'm afraid. That means it's going to drive me away from them. It, but it's a healthy respect for God. It is a fear for of God. Hey, listen, man, God, there God God punishes sin. Yeah. God is the God of the universe. God, God can speak and anything happen. I, I, I have a, I have a holy awe and a holy reverence for Him. And so, um, I guess the point that I was trying to make is, hey, why don't you fear displeasing God more than fearing the punishment of the government? Mm. Mm. Okay. Um, and I even, I even believe it's true that you, you, you can't, you can't be that good Christian unless you have this holy awe and fear of God. Yeah. So I know it's not a popular thing today. We want to we want to view God as our buddy, and uh, and and He is our friend um, if you know Christ, and He is our Father, and He is a good good Father. But um, I'm going to tell you, there have been times, and I consider myself to be a good father. There have been times to where uh, my 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 kids, you know, they 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 have a, a good healthy fear yeah. of Dad because there are consequences. Yeah. Um, you know, my kids are old enough now, and we're not talking about spanking or anything along those lines, but there are consequences. There are times that my 14-year-old, if we start talking about taking the phone away or, uh, you know, can't do something, it would be like, could you at least spank me? Could you spank me? Just yeah. get it over with? Yeah. Um, he's bigger than I am now, so uh, last time I tried to spank him, it hurt my arm. So, um, so. Uh, yeah. So my, my 16-year-old is probably as, as tall as I am. He's he a little more a little more cut and as far as the muscles go. Anyway, and he doesn't work out at all, does he? Not a, well. Sometimes he'll do some stuff in his room. It's weird. I don't know. He tells me, "Dad, Dad I've been working out." Anyway, uh, I, I was over here. I was in the kitchen. He came in from school, and I was overhearing a story that he was telling his mom. And all I heard was, "Got caught with a vape." That's all I heard. I didn't hear the rest of the story. I immediately dropped what I was doing, and I walked straight to him with this look on my face, like I was ready to tackle him, fight him, what all this. And the, the, I saw the fear that he had in his eyes because I was walking towards him in the manner that I was. And he's like, dad, 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 no, I'm not, not me. Like one of my friends got stuck or caught with a, I'm like, okay. It's like, so I, so I understand the child fearing their father. I don't know why I told that story. You talked about fear and kids. There it is. I'm trying to, I'm trying to let people in my life. You know what I mean? Vaping's not wrong, man. Oh, okay. I mean, vaping is not like smoking a cigarette. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's that uh, could be a that could be a podcast yeah. one day. You know, and they made them a lot smaller. It used to be you'd have to carry like this huge lunchbox around your neck. You'd sit there and you would put that pacifier in your mouth and just <laughs> draw it in, and it'll look like your whole head's on fire. Yeah. Um, oh and uh, and now they've made it much smaller to yeah. where you can kind of kind of hide it. It's not that big of a deal. Um, but uh, anyway. Anyway, faithfulness, faithfulness. Uh, pay what you owe. Submit your finances. Fear the Lord and faithfulness. Um, yeah, faithfulness. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to honor God's character. Yeah. I'm going to be faithful to do that. And and then I'm going to honor the position of leaders. Why? Because God tells me to. And so as I honor, I honor God by honoring the position yeah. of government leaders. Again, again, what is the, what is the little... Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Exception. The the exception there is unless they tell me to do something that clearly is, right. it violates what God's word has to say. And then it's not me standing up. And I have to be careful as my, as well. And, you know, I hope our listeners understand that even though I'm the one here saying, here's what God's word says, it doesn't mean that I've got the corner market on obedience. Right. It doesn't mean that I don't have these same struggles that other folks have as well. But in my faithfulness, or even in a situation where they would call me to do something that would violate the word of God, it's not like I'm this. In, you know, shaking my fist and, you know, you dirty, rotten government, you're horrible. And as much as, again, as much as Daniel. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I, I understand the leadership that you have. I submit to that, but I submit to what God tells me to do first. And again, that it would be so minimal. Yeah. So minimal in the things that we get upset about. Um, and, uh, I love the quote that, and I shared, and I had somebody in our church who's military tell me this a long time ago when it comes to government, but he was talking about leadership in the military. He said, sometimes you don't salute the man, but you salute the uniform. Yeah. And I would say that's true, that we ought to always show honor and respect the position 
of our government leaders. And, and you know, what is the most high-profile position? The president. Yeah. It is. It is the president. And hear me, you'll not find anybody out there as, you know, any more conservative than I am. Uh, I usually vote Republican because they tend to line up best with what I believe. And um, I even voted for Trump in the last election. And the reason why I voted for him there is because, uh, argue or not, not, I mean, well, you don't even have to, you, this is not even arguable. Um, I don't know what the motivation was. You can argue the motivation, but. Trump was the most pro-life president we've ever had yeah. as far as legislation and other things to uh, to help um, babies that are being murdered. Yeah. And so uh, to me, that was that was a key thing. And I've, I've never to this point in my life ever voted for anyone that was pro-abortion. Uh, thankfully, I've had oppor- I've always had a choice. Right. The day may come where I don't have a choice, and, and that will be a very, very difficult thing for me. Yeah. Folks will say, well, are you going to vote? Because you, you really should vote, because if you love Jesus, you're going to vote. Well, I, you know, I sit here and say, well, I guess I could find some scripture to say that, that if you're a good Christian, you're going to vote. I mean, I, yeah. don't, I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, it'd be a stretch, I guess. I don't know. I mean, maybe our listeners know exactly what <laughs> chapter and verse that one says and could send it in and help us out. But the, uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know, and I'm American, man. Yeah. I uh, I'm 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 that, and and I'm the first one to sit there and see some of the things that come out of the White House, and you just shake your head at, and you know, um, like I heard this morning, uh, and and this may be true. I don't know if it's not true. I, th- I want to say I heard it on the Rick and Bubba show, and I don't know if Rick Rick and Bubba always said, well, they're pretty good about doing their homework, but uh, that that Pelosi is over in China right now, and uh, she made the comment. Have you heard this? Mm-hmm. Made the comment that when she was a young child. And she would be at the beach and she would be digging that they would tell her, if you dig far enough, you'll dig your way all the way to China. And she's felt a connection to China ever since that. There you go. And you're like, wow, that's that's the best we've got to offer. Um, But again, what would (laughs) you can't make this stuff up. You can't even make this stuff up. I don't even know what to say to that. that, Right. You don't even need it. But but again, here's what Paul would say. What what a good day to have cameras in the room. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. It feels a connection because you dig all the way to China. Um, The. uh, but I don't want to contradict what we've been saying. So basically, I'm gonna I'm gonna paraphrase Paul, and if I'm wrong, then 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 God will deal with me, okay? And I and I get that, and I understand the responsibility that comes along on for speaking on behalf of God's word. But basically, even in light of what I just said, that story, I can see Paul saying this: "Oh, God help her." Yeah. But she's in leadership, yeah. and unless she tells you to do something that's contrary to the Bible, yeah. you fall in line. And you do exactly what she leads to do. Now, I will say this. She's the representative of California, not Florida. Surely a representative of Florida would not say something that idiotic. But anyway. So my last thing, if someone if someone says, hey, I'm I'm praying, I'm paying, I'm obeying, and, uh, and I'm paying what I owe, I'm doing all the right things, I'm obeying government, uh, I'm good, right? That's going to that's gonna help help get me into heaven because I'm doing all those things. Yeah. Um, you're wanting to end on a softball question. I want to end with a softball question. I just, I, you know, you kind of made the joke, you know, that, yeah, no one's going to, we're not going to have a lot of response off of this message, but we did. We had people give their life to Jesus on Sunday, um, despite being a different type of sermon, but, um, that's just God. That's just yeah. God saying, Hey, Hey, don't forget. I'm the one who saves you. Yeah. Just preach what I tell you. Yeah. The uh, well, I mean, clearly, and I and I try to state this almost every Sunday, but right. especially when these messages are okay. Let me tell you, here's here's what the scripture says we should be doing as followers of Christ. These are not okay a checklist. These are not a seven step process to being a Christian or any of those things. That apart from a relationship with Jesus Christ, no one will go to heaven. And the only way the Holy Spirit resides in someone's life. Uh, is through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so if, uh, if 
if Jesus Christ is not your Lord, then the Holy Spirit is not working in your life, and it is only through the power of the Holy Spirit that you are even going to be able to live any of these in your life, and even then it's going to be a struggle. There'll be times you get it right. There'll be times you get it wrong. I do think that uh, you know, as you grow and mature in your faith, you ought to start consistently getting it right more than you get it wrong. Right. Uh, but again, none of the things that we've said today, if somebody says, all right, I wrote them all down, I'm following it to the T, I'm paying my taxes, I'm obeying <laughs> the government, I'm praying for the president, Woo! I'm good with God. Well, no, you can do all those things. It's not going to be any of those things. It is Jesus. Jesus. And the only way that you can live a Jesus life is you have to have Jesus as your Lord. It's called the gospel. Right. And I think and I, what I, one of the things I wrote is like whenever we think that we – it's something that we can do on our own, then we have a flawed view of what the gospel is. Um, so may we not have a flawed view of the gospel. May we understand it's all about Jesus, all about what he has done, what he's doing in our life. So, uh, Pastor Stephen, thank you for preaching the truth. Thank you for always handling the text in a correct way. We appreciate that. Thank you for your honesty and your vulnerability. Thank you for the time on the podcast. We will see you next week on The Unchangeable Truth. Hey guys, this is Stephen Kyle, and I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today, Unchangeable Truth. Uh, This is a ministry of Highland Park Baptist Church in Panama City, Florida, and we would love for you to visit us if you ever find yourself in the Panama City area. Our address is 2611 Highway 231 North. You can also learn more about our church and its ministry by going to our website, www. Dot Highland and it's H I L A N D Park.org. There you'll learn more about what we believe, what we teach, about the gospel of Jesus Christ. There'll also be a sermon archive there so you can go and listen to various sermons over the last several years. As always, we would love to talk to you about your relationship with Jesus Christ. So feel free, shoot us an email info at highlandpark.org if you'd like to learn more about Jesus and what it means to follow him. Our prayers are that you would draw near to Christ, that this podcast would be used to point you to Jesus and to help your faith grow and your walk increase. God bless you guys. Thank you for listening.